0: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. There it goes! Deep left, it is high, it is far, it is gone! Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McMonagley here with you. 877-337-6666. You heard McCall Hardman there. Obviously, that was the topic uh, of the day to start the show. McCall Hardman on a podcast, destroying the Jets, which to me is easy to do. Uh, and it's just I'm I'm tired of, of here. And this is a guy, like, let's be honest, he just said that, right? You heard the clip where he's talking about no one else on the team was as good enough, uh, Was he was better than everybody except uh, for obviously Garrett Wilson, right? Now, I don't know if that's true or not, He but he goes to Kansas City and wins and catches the, game, the game-winning touchdown, the Super Bowl game-winning touchdown, so he gets to say what he wants. And it's against the Jets, who are an absolute disaster, and that's what I'm tired of. Like, I'm just tired of hearing, if I'm the Jets, I have to win for many reasons. One of it is to just stop this where... Everybody gets cheap victories, Uh, whether it's offensive linemen on the Bills or disgruntled wide receivers who who moved on and did better, still spiked the football in the Jets' face. And I just, and this is a guy, let's be totally honest, right? He fully admits in this podcast the things that are like, I don't care the reasoning. Like, people might listen to what he said, and like, if you listen to the podcast, he talked about he had a hurt finger. And he was dropping punts at practice. And nobody ever asked him, hey, what's going on? Why are you dropping punts? They just called him out on film. I don't know if this is true or not. I'll take him at his word for it. But whatever the coaching may be, when you're asked to return punts, you don't say no. You're on the team. You're in uniform. You're getting, you're, you're getting ready to play a game. Obviously, you can't if you feel like you can't catch a punt, what makes you think you can catch a pass? Why didn't you take yourself out of the game and say, Coach, I'm too hurt? Like It just seems... So this is a guy who fully admits to mentally checking out. This is a guy who fully admits to turning down and saying no to coaches when asked to go perform a task for the football team, In in this case, return kicks. No, I'm not doing that. You already benched me. I'm not doing it. My finger hurts. I'm not doing it. He's also a guy who fully admitted to talking to teammates. I guess he's kind of backtracked, but in the podcast, he's talked about reaching out to teammates to get me out of here before he's traded, and now the team itself and many of the players, be it Sauce Gardner or whomever, are insinuating and kind of accusing him of leaking the offensive game plan to the Eagles and the Chiefs prior to their games against those two teams, and the Jets kind of through the media, have backed it up that they do have some concerns, and the general manager said we take note of the comment about talking with chief players to say "get me out of here" before he's even moved on. So that's everything that McCall Hardman has admitted to, and yet, for the most part, I think through, with the occasion of, maybe, with the exception of maybe me and you know some Jet fans and maybe some around here, I think the most part throughout the, it's an easy victory for McCall Hardman because the Jets are clowns. Right, Robert is a clown. We read about it in The Athletic earlier in the month. He's a clown. The Jets haven't made uh, the playoffs in 13 years. Longest streak in not only football, but professional sports. There are a bunch of clowns. Woody Johnson's a clown. Everyone's a clown. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is a clown. Aaron Rodgers is you know in dark retreats. He's a clown when he doesn't play football. Everyone's a clown, and this team's a joke. And it's low-hanging fruit, and it's easy to just pick at the Jets. And that's why it's it. They need to win more than any other team. Like it's 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 true. They not only need to win just to win and be a franchise again. They need to win to change the idea of them being incompetent. And the other thing he said in the podcast, he talked about how much Aaron Rodgers is the offense, and how smart he is. This is a guy who claims he knows a lot about winning. Which I'm sorry, I understand he's won. And I understand he caught a big touchdown pass in this Super Bowl. But I don't know if he's the reason for winning. Dion Branch won a, a, a Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if I'd call him the reason for the Patriots championships. Like McCall Hardman's along for the ride. He's a good, solid player, and he caught a big-time pass. And he helped this team. No doubt about it. But I don't know if it, you know, he knows all about winning as he's wearing Super Bowl rings doing the podcast. But what he he does know for sure is being in the huddle with an elite quarterback because that's what he's been with with Patrick Mahomes. And he even said in this podcast, the ability for Aaron Rodgers to lead an offense and read a defense is on the next level. It's on another level. So you know what? I'm going to take this moment to be positive and say, let's turn this, and I'm hoping the Jets can do it and Robert Sala can do it. Everyone's against them. Now, I understand they're on social media attacking them, accusing them of leaking information, uh, you know, uh, concerned about tampering. They might look into it. But ultimately, I would take this, I would take the stories about their ineptitude and the coaching and everybody on Rodgers and his comments and everything and play the it's us against the world and go out there and show what they can do because I believe in this defense. And I believe in Aaron Rodgers leading this team, and I think the Jets can go out there and turn all of this crap around and stop the idea that anybody who wants to pick on the Jets can do so with free immunity because they know that there's no pushback because ultimately the Jets are a disaster. And McCole Harman can sit there having, after having failed with the Jets, and admittedly checked out, and admittedly turned down playing games, and admittedly turned down re- returning punts, and admittedly talked about getting him the hell out of there. And all of that doesn't matter because he won, and the Jets are the Jets. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. So as you know, we hear about building the offensive line. We heard from you know uh, today was. Uh, Joe Douglas has turned to talk after yesterday was was Joe Shane's, and he talked about Vera Tucker and and the offensive line and they know they need to add there and hopefully they'll establish uh, Tucker a place to uh, Vera Tucker a place to play and keep him there instead of rotating around. I don't know if they think that'll keep him healthier. Hopefully it will. You know they they've been talking about addressing the quarterback room. They need a legitimate backup. They've given uh, Zach. Wilson an opportunity to seek a trade see if they can find a suitor out there for him I don't know if they will eventually they might have to just cut him but maybe they'll have someone to take a a late late six round pick or something for him I don't know but they know they need to add he called it a jet friendly draft where there's a lot of you know certainly a lot of weapons at wide receiver in this draft it's a, a wide receiver heavy draft uh, and it it feels like heading into this draft they feel that there is a way to build this team build this roster around Aaron Rodgers and go out there and win and they're going to give it one last try and they desperately need to be successful because if they're not uh, they have put all their eggs in this Rodgers basket I don't know about the next handful of years it might be tough sledding this is a I mean when you think about everything that's involved in the Jets from the decision from the moment they decided to go out there and get there and get Aaron Rodgers It has, you know, it fell apart last year. It was so, he's such the leader of the team and the focal point of the team that it was just an absolute disaster, even with, you know, uh, that defense and everything else. And so now it's, they must win with Aaron Rodden. And now, and everyone's, everyone's taking their shots. Everyone's got something to say. The guys are winning the Super Bowl and spiking the football in their face. Like, enough is enough. Enough is enough. It's time for the Jets to go win some freaking football games. I'm, I'm fed up with McCall Hartman. I, I don't care. Like, does anyone really care about this anymore? I don't care. I don't care what he has to say. It didn't work out. I don't care. I don't care that he won a Super Bowl. I don't consider him some winner that is now, you know, some. I mean, we joked about it when he scored the game winning touchdown, but ultimately, who gives a damn? I'm I, if I'm a Jet fan, if I'm the Jets, I'm tired of being picked on and not having a leg to stand on the fight back because I've been losing for 13 years. It's time to go win. It's time to go win. And I wouldn't even care honestly. If I'm if I would if I'm looking at Woody Johnson, if I'm I understand you never want to I wouldn't even con, I wouldn't even continue with the tampering. I wouldn't even look into it. Forget it. Move on from it. I don't care. Go out and win. I don't care. You want it out, he got out. It was a, a disaster signing. It didn't work here for whatever reason. We felt better about Gibson and some of the other options. It didn't work out. He moved on. What do I care if you talked to guys first? I mean, it sets a bad precedent. I get it. You want to look into it, fine. I would just, you know what, whatever. You don't want to be a Jet? Then don't be a Jet. You were, you were happy to move on? Fine. You didn't like the way we coached it up? Fine. You didn't like the communications? Fine. Whatever. Bye. Congratulations on your Super Bowl championship. We'll see you next year. Like that's we'll see you in the playoffs next year. That's how I would feel. I wouldn't even care. Like don't even don't even bother. I would tell Sauce Gardner and everybody else, don't bother. You know, trying to catch him in a lie. Don't try and make it seem like he leaked information to the Eagles. That game's long gone. He's no longer here. Forget all of it. And and it's it's actually ironic and and sort of. um You know, interesting that he claims there was no game plan, and yet he's being accused of leaking game plans. I thought there were no game. He talked about the coach had nothing. There was no game plan offensively. It was just let Rodgers run the show, and then Rodgers went down. We didn't have a game plan, but yet there was game plans to leak to the Eagles and to to the Chiefs, which ironically are two of their better games of the year, and their best win by far, and arguably some of the best Zach Wilson played. Maybe they should leak more game plans out. But ultimately I'm just I'm fed up with taking shots. I'm fed up I'm fed up with being a uh, uh, a walking mat for the rest of the uh NFL and taking all the slings and narrows and anybody who has got something to say and having no recourse to fight back because I'm a loser. This is just more of a reminder that this they need to figure out how to win this coming year. They're like the Yankees. It's an all must win right now. 877 337 66 66 steve in florida what's up steve you're on the fan
1: hey what's going on Steve? what's up steve how do i follow that uh
0: by talking about whatever you want to talk about
1: i was going to talk about uh eddie murphy what about him as a uh, comedian actor
0: no doubt eddie murphy's raw and delirious are two of the great stand-up specials in history um, I I people talk. I think those two are great. People talk about him like he's one of the great stand up comics of all time. I don't know if I'd put him on there. Uh, I wasn't, you know, obviously that's not my prime. I do think those two are fantastic.
1: But sure, sure. If you could be in the video, I would, yeah. I, I would yeah. put
0: other, I think there's a lot of, you know, better stand up comedians. But yeah, I mean, as far as making movies and being yeah. a, a, an what actor, what about I mean,
1: Billy Crystal?
0: Billy Crystal's another one. Absolutely. Billy Crystal started out doing stand up. Um, and I love a ton of Billy Crystal movies. I'm trying to think, of, did Billy Crystal do anything serious? Eddie Murphy did a couple of uh, serious roles. I'm trying to think if 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 Billy Crystal ever did anything without. I mean, listen, he wasn't just a what? like when Harry Met Sally is a comedy, but it's not. Like, <laughs> it's not like have that. fun
1: storming the castle.
0: Yeah, oh, that's I
1: love it. <laughs> I, I mean,
0: that's 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 one of my favorite movies of all time.
1: And, of course and nothing it, is
0: better than true love except, you know, an MLT, a mutton, lettuce, and tomato and the mutton is nice and lean and tomato is perky. I <laughs> love
1: it. I'll have what she's having. Yes, Harry that's Sally. So I mean that's and,
0: it's it's sort of a comedy, but it's not really like a it's not a gag comedy or a you know, it's not it's not Steve Martin and the jerk. Like it's a it's it's a it's sort of a regular role kind of with just a little bit of a humor yeah. in it, But I'm trying to think if he did anything non comedic at all. If he was ever serious and he did Mr. Saturday Night which like it was kind of a, a thing about a dark you know it was like the dark side of being a comedian and falling out of favor and dealing with no longer being as famous and it had some moments in it but I don't know if he ever really did anything too serious but yeah, yeah he, personal, he
1: never did like a goodwill hunting I can't remember no, you know, yeah, nah. he,
0: he never did Goodwill Hunting, Fisher King, uh Awakenings, like you know, I mean, yeah, no, uh 1 Hour Photo. I mean, there's uh, Insomnia, there's a ton of Robin Williams just doing straight and, up acting.
1: And another one, another one is uh I I know he's had, a, you know, had a rough uh personal life the last couple of years. Kevin Spacey.
0: Did Kevin Spacey do stand up? He did.
1: And he mostly- like he started doing
0: stand up that was it started? in
1: the 70s yeah i think he was born in the late 50s but yeah I know, he's, act-
0: I know i know he's actually not a te- he's he's decent with impressions
1: yeah he did the best he used to say that he he would go on the uh jay leno you know, after uh, johnny carson he would say he was johnny carson's son at studio 54 and he had the black hair at the time like and he did the whole you can look it up on uh, youtube but he did the whole impersonation, yeah, you know, and he would do that whole thing like, yeah, yeah me and my friends are coming into town here, and uh, we're going to stop by tonight, you know, that type of stuff. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, I don't, I obviously I have no, uh, uh, and thank it's you for the call, good, I, I have no memory of him being a comedian. Obviously, yes, the last couple of years have been, uh, he's been accused of some terrible things, and he's lost his career, really. Uh, But, yeah, there was a time he was as, you know, I mean, he had unusual, he had uh, usual suspects and seven, you know, back to back. And, yeah, I mean, usual suspects. He's obviously um, Verbal Kint and Kaiser Sose a great movie. And he's that final scene. That's maybe that'll be a thing, too. Like, great. um, As we do these every five hour show, if you're listening now, wondering why I'm talking about comedians at 320, uh, Richard Lewis um, passed away yesterday, a uh, great comedian, and what we know, most of us know him for recently, at least, uh, his role on Curb um, Your Enthusiasm as himself and Larry David's friend um, passed away. And I do an underlying either movie or music kind of thing as we go through these five-hour shows in particular uh, to just have a little bit of fun. And so I did um, Comedians Today, who who also acted, your favorite comedian actors. But that might be a fun one where best um, movie uh, surprises or you know best endings because uh, *The Usual Suspects* and Kaiser Sose and finding out that he's Kaiser Sose is one of the great movie endings of all time, and and putting it together that in that room he was taking little pieces of all the names and places and words off of the the the, the chalkboard or corkboard should I say. And making this elaborate story and lying to the police and then becoming kind of associate at the end. One of the great, great movie turns and and surprises of all time. No doubt. Usual Suspects is a terrific, terrific movie. One of my favorites. Um, and then he had that and, and that American Beauty, which I think he might have won the Oscar for. So he had, he had a moment there where he was one of the best actors. I had no idea he did stand-up. I knew he did impressions. I had no idea he did stand-up. Like Michael Keaton. We found out Michael Keaton did stand-up. Who knew? Who knew uh, Batman? You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Santana into the windup.
1: The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter.
0: When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019FM, and always live on the Free Odyssey app. All right, 326, McConnigal here with you, 877-337-6666. So, uh, obviously at the uh, Combine, the NFL uh, offseason getting underway, Uh, One of the things they do annually is this NFLPA survey where they talk to all the players and they ask them about the different aspects of their team and coaches and this, that, and the other. And you get, like, rankings that come from it. And if you want to, like, a couple things jump out. One nationally, and um, then we can get into Dable a little bit. But it's funny because this is the players' opinion and what jumps out at me is how it it almost has nothing to do with winning which is funny not that these two teams have been terrible as of late but overall the two of all the different categories you know rounded into one overall rating of best franchises the two best franchises voted this year by their players and this this includes things like a willingness to um keep up put money into the facility and this and that and every you know, all the from coaches to owners to everything how they from food stats, like everything, how they handle every aspect of being an NFL player. And you found out that the number two the two top teams are the Dolphins and the Vikings. And the worst, the second worst team, and overall the worst owner was Kansas City. So Kansas City ranked by its players to be the second worst-run franchise in the NFL and the owner to be the worst owner in the NFL, and they've been a dominant force here and have now won back-to-back Super Bowls, and the Dolphins and Vikings, who haven't won in forever, the Vikings have never won a Super Bowl. The Dolphins, it's been forever, and they haven't won a playoff game in forever. And those are the two best. And not that, you know, that the Dolphins have been a terrible franchise as of late. You know, they've won, they've made the playoffs in back to back years. And uh, the Vikings have been a winning franchise, I suppose, for a little while, you know, at least, you know, not a terrible uh, franchise, but haven't really sustained winning. And the Chiefs are looked at by their players as being terrible. Now, I don't know. You know, part of me thinks that the players on the Chiefs might have a different view as players on other teams because they've been so successful. It's almost like as if, like they're like, "Hey, we've been so damn good. You should be going above and beyond." Like we've won how many championships here? This is silly. Like so, it's it's an extra added kind of like, uh, you know, where if it was just an ordinary organization, maybe the players would vote a little bit more favorably. But considering, like, it's like, hey, we've been the dominant franchise in the sport, and I'm still dealing with this, that, or the other. Uh, and you're and I'm still, I don't love the facilities, and I don't love this, and you haven't upgraded, you know, the vending machines or whatever's going on. But, yes, Kansas City Chiefs, bad run franchise, inclu- according to the players. Dolphins and Vikings, excellent run run franchises in the NFL. So I don't know how much that has to do with winning, but that's the way it's, it goes. And then locally here for all the talk, right, about Brian Dable screaming in his coach's face, and I'm sure he's hard to work for, but apparently the players aren't so down on him. And if you look at some of the different things he got voted on, uh oh! He got a hundred percent in the vote. Of players, feel Dable is efficient with their time. So, do you believe you the coach is efficient with your time? Every single Giant said yes. They believe that. That's the highest mark in the league. He's. Um, 13th in the league if they're willing if he's willing, very willing to listen. So the giant players are behind, and I think we learned that too, a little bit with the Wink Martindale situation. And I think you know, you're gonna find out hopefully Kayvon Thibodeau is gonna be number one who's happy that they did make a change. But for all the talk about Brian Dable and tough to work for, right? And tough to deal with. And it's created a toxic atmosphere. And other coaches are telling their friends, don't come here. And Wink Martindale told him to go F himself to his face. And they stormed out and he went all the way, you know, walked all the way to Michigan. Good luck back in college, in, in college, Wink. And, you know, oh, it's, it's become a disaster there and it's, it's completely toxic and, you know, they don't know who's calling plays and, you know, this, that, and the other. McKinney called out Wink Martindale and the defensive coaches and, like, had to address that. And he was upset that that was addressed publicly and all the different stories that have come out about Brian Dable. Well, the players got their chance to speak. And the players are on his side. And I don't think there's any. I, I think that is pretty. I I feel like that's been pretty obvious, and that's why I feel pretty good about this giant coaching staff. And that's why I'm okay with Wink leaving. And this has to be Brian Dable's team. Like this leads me right back to where they were with this situation. Like this was a, you know, some guys were against them, some guys were leaking to the media, and by no means a new. He's a relatively new head coach. He had a little bit of a darling first year. Where it seemed like everything he did was right, he got the best out of Daniel Jones. They had a favorable schedule. They pulled some games out of the fire late. They beat a couple of good teams uh, down late in the fourth quarter and rallied back to beat, you know, the the Ravens and the, uh, the Packers and beat up on some of the bad teams and found ways to win tight games against Carolina and um Tex and the Texans and and other bad teams in the league. And then they go out and win a playoff game and. Have this really star, you know, this great first year. He wins coach of the year. Uh, and the second year brought a lot of drama. And the second year started with an absolute blowout and getting, you know, manhandled in their own building by rival Dallas Cowboys. And it didn't get much better after that for a while. And it was a tough season to deal with. And he's a new head coach and he's dealing with it. But you can tell from this report that Brian Dable has the the locker room. Brian Dable has the players. They like him. They respect him. And I think that he has good footing inside this organization, which leads me back to my point, because Brian Dable might be good at handling the players. Brian Dable might struggle with dealing with his coaching staff. Brian Dable probably has a lot of positives and a lot of negatives and a lot of different things that make him a great head coach and a lot of things he needs to work on if he wants to become a great head coach. That, that's all, you know, there's probably a lot of yin and yang But the one thing I know, the one thing we have seen is Brian Dable gets the best and develops quarterbacks. He develops and gets the best out of quarterbacks. That's what he does. He did it in Buffalo with Josh Allen. He had, in the one year with Daniel Jones, healthy. He had Daniel Jones' best, most productive year and had him playing best down the stretch and won a playoff game on the road with Daniel Jones. Last year, he turned Tommy DeVito into a guy who couldn't throw, wasn't allowed to throw the football against the Jets into a household name selling Rayo's pasta sauce. Being invited to speak at the Stadium Series hockey game And all of us having a week of talking about Lynn Sanity and Tommy DeVito and can he be the next future quarterback and all that, that's what this guy's able to do. And so please, I implore you, Giants. I implore you, Joe Shane. I implore you, John Mara. I implore you. Allow this man to do his job. Go get him a young stud quarterback that he can turn into the franchise leader who you don't have to pay for a handful of years and who this group can hit the ground running with next year after a year of watching and learning from this offense and watching Daniel Jones play please God let that happen because that's what he does best Apparently, he gives he uses the time of the player's best, 100% of the team. Apparently, he's well-liked. Apparently, the, he's willing to listen. Apparently, there's a lot of good things about him, but none better than his ability to draft quarterbacks. So please, uh, develop quarterbacks, should I say. So please draft him one, please. 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 Little Roger Rabbit for you. 877 337 66 66, Stu Pot. We got Stu in Brooklyn. What's up, Stu Pot? How we doing, man?
2: What's up, Chris? How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, We got to get a quarterback. That's for sure. There you go, Stu. I mean, Chris, Daniel Jones is not the answer, but I understand that they have to let him play one more year and let the guy that they draft sit behind him, learn whatever he can learn from him, and absorb. And then you can throw him in next year and do what you have to do with Daniel Jones and uh, also get a back up to this kid that's going be uh, who's going to be a quarterback starting in 25. And uh, you know they, they, because enough of this enough with, And when well, you were talking about the Jets, why do players who leave teams? Go have to go and knock the franchise they were with prior to them being on a Super Bowl winning team. Now, listen, Why listen, he's, a-
0: they he's do that? asked? He's asked the direct question of what went wrong, but I don't. I don't disagree with you. McColl Hardman could have taken the high road. McCall Hardman went on to win the Super Bowl and catch the game-winning touchdown pass. He could have just said, you know what, it didn't work out with the Jets. Instead, right. he decided to go bit by bit, piece by piece, into all the dysfunction he and, believes uh, is there and, and the idea that, oh, they want him to did, do this and want him to do that. He couldn't stand. And he didn't contribute
2: it. to their downfall. He didn't contribute to dropping punts. He didn't contribute to the, the way he behaved. Or the way he acted and not wanting to play, he didn't contribute to all of that, right? So he he should keep his he should keep his mouth shut, take the high road like you say, and be a good citizen. No, we have to be a smart. They have to be smart, Alex. And you want to know something, Chris? I'm not like you said. I'm not already. I'm not. They just have to go out and win, like you said. I hope my I hope the Giants go out and win too. It would be nice that both teams should go out and have playoff-type seasons, and we can have an interesting the end of December going into January, where we can say, "Oh, every game we want to watch." Not all of the, all of this nonsense, oh no the drama. Oh my God, the drama is—we have enough drama with the baseball teams, you
0: know. No, I I, I agree, and I'm with you. I think it's po- it's very important for the Jets to win just to. Get this stink off of them. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know how else to say it because because he knows, McCall Hardman knows that he can go into that podcast and he can say whatever he wants about the Jets because of their losing culture, because of the article that came out, uh, at at the end of the year, about the coaching staff, Hackett's failure in Denver and being brought here, Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee, all of it. He knows he can sit in that podcast and take shots with his, you know, coming off a Super Bowl championship at the Jets, and no one's going to call him out on it. Now the Jets are attempting to. They they don't want to, you know, the sauce gardeners of the world and his teammates don't want to let him get off easy, and now he's being accused of le- leaking game plans and. And yeah, tampering because uh, he admitted to, but he, yeah, he, he could Chris, sit there and feel free to just take shots at the Jets because yeah, they but Chris, crazy to take shots
2: at. He was part of all that must be all of a stench. He was part of that. Well, state. I mean, only
0: for a few weeks. Then he then he was. Yeah, he but got you got want to no
2: the, the few weeks to make it, he keep his mouth shut. He had no business going there. And you want to know what? I hope they beat the Daylights out of the Chiefs if they play them.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen. I I hope I hope the Jets and thank you for the call, Stu Pod. I hope the Jets win. I hope the Jets just flat out. I, I, it's time to just win. And I and and I think they're in position to do it. I I, I believe in this defense and I believe in Aaron Rodgers. And even again, like I'm going to take. I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'll take the positive out of the McCall Hardman comments. If you look, if you listen to them and you watch them on the podcast, he even talked about Aaron Rodgers being elite and otherworldly at reading defenses and he is the offense. I mean that's uh, it's 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 an indictment on Hackett and this coaching staff that they couldn't didn't have one and then couldn't come up with one a game plan for what happens if Rodgers goes down. You have to. You have to. And they didn't. And that's a major problem but I don't know how much winning they would have done even with a game plan quite honestly with the backup quarterback that they were forced with, Zach Wilson. But it doesn't change the fact that when he's in there, he changes everything. I think so many, I, you know, oh, you're just going to plug in Aaron Rodgers and fix all the jet problems? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I think. I think they'll have to give him a, a a decent offensive line, but I think he makes a defense a decent offensive line good. He makes a subpar defensive an off excuse me. He makes a subpar offensive line average and he makes an average offensive line good. I think all the penalties, a lot of them pre snap, I think pre snap penalties eliminate. I think he runs the offense. He knows what's going on. It's different than Zach Wilson in there, not knowing what the hell's going on and Boyle playing, and this one playing, and Semyon playing, and, oh, back to Wilson, even though he told him he was out. Like, all that stuff leads to all that dysfunction inside the team, inside the offense. I think everything changes. I think everyone believes in the team. I think the defense will play more motivated football as opposed to feeling like they have to carry the entire team and score points themselves if they want to win, as opposed to, hey, let's just limit this team and our quarterback and our offense is going to give us a good chance to win, I think everything changes. I think when you go get an Aaron Rodgers, he changes everything, and losing him is impossible to deal with. And we'll find out if it was a good move or not, because at 40 years old, coming off an Achilles heel, you might be looking at the same thing next year. But if he's healthy, I still believe in the Jets, and God, man, do they need to win so I could we could stop killing them for everything that comes out. The coach comes up with a list of co- of coaches who have failed without starting quarterbacks. What a loser. Right? They're dealing with leaks. He's asking for cell phones. What a loser. Uh, it's just, it's, 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 it's never ending. It's never ending. Now, it's, I'm not saying it's not their own fault. It is. It is their own fault in many ways. But all it takes is a little bit of winning, and then maybe they get the benefit of the doubt on this stuff, and we stop looking at every little thing as such an absolute failure. Eddie in Rockland. what's up, Eddie?
3: What hey, do we got Chris, today? What's happening? Good man. How oh no, you? You, you cut you cut me off so you click with the button the other day, man. I well I, I, so I, I, I apologize. remember
0: vaguely remembered. I think I was up against the break. Sometimes that just happens. But, I take you if I'm up against the break. We gotta go. Gotta go and we gotta yeah, go.
3: Fine there's Richard Lewis, man. He was my favorite yes. Howard Stern guest by far. Uh as far as a uh, comedian actor, uh, you can't beat uh, Richard Pryor. He's by far the best one that's ever made it to the big screen. Brewster's Millions, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, crazy. Much, he's much higher on the,
0: the, the stand-up comedy list than he is the actor list necessarily, but yes. You've never
3: seen his movie. You ever seen the movie where he's the first black uh, uh, NASCAR driver or uh, back in the, in, doing the moonshine days? He has no mustache on, and it looks—it's like in the '60s. No, I think it's the name of those. the movie. I've
0: seen—I've seen the movies with uh, with uh, Gene Wilder. Um, no, this also, is way I've before, that, way before I, that. I've seen I've—I've seen *The Toy*. I've seen. No, this is um, way before that. This, this is pre-mustache Bob oh, Richard Pryor. I—I don't know what to tell you then. I haven't seen it, but I would say, don't you think he's—he's. He's, He's a better stand-up comedian than he is an actor, but he's definitely on the list of what we're talking about, no doubt.
3: No, even, he's even throughout. He's the best stand-up, and he was the best stand-up actor. Okay. So, we he's all have Richard Pryor's got a vote. He was but, hilarious. Uh, he was one of the here's, great, here's a couple of movies. Give me a couple of thoughts on a couple of movies. Uh, uh, Hellboy, did you like Hellboy 1 and 2? Um...
0: Yes, I, I guess. I have nothing to write home about, but yes, they're better. I think they did a, a oh, wow. recent remake of it. I didn't see that one. But the original Hellboy's yeah. from like 20 years ago, yeah, they were good. Yeah. What Hell about uh,
3: Extraordinary gentlemen?
0: Uh yeah, extraordinary gentleman was okay with um Sean Connery, right? Was that I think that might have right. been like the last movie Sean Connery made. Uh, one of them, yeah. Um, one of the,
3: one of them. Yeah, it was
0: it was okay. It wasn't that great. A couple of weird ones there. Are you are those. Uh, you a comic book fan? I think they're both comic book movies, right?
3: Oh, back in the heyday, yeah, It was a Captain America and Daredevil guy, but that was it. Daredevil, when when, when co- comics when comics were ten cents and fifteen cents.
0: Oh, those were the days, and thank you for the call, Eddie. My dad re- would always talk about how his mom threw out his comic books. He had first edition Silver Surfer. He had, you know, she threw out his baseball cards and his comic books and ruined his life. we would get that story all the time from him. Oh, I had this, I had that, I had Mickey Mantle rookie cards. I'm sure you did, Dad. I'm sure you did. How my life would be different if that day she my, the grandma was mad at you and she threw out all your stuff. If only she had known But yeah, that's a there's a couple of weird ones there. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was kinda eh and Hellboy was kinda eh I guess. Uh Daredevil was awful. And I like Ben Affleck. I think he gets too much uh flack to pardon the pun. Pat in the Bronx, what's up, Pat?
4: Hey, Chris. Good to talk to you again. Good to talk to
0: you again, buddy. What's going on?
4: Am I up against the break? I was hoping uh, we talk to No, I don't think so. You got some time. But that All doesn't right. mean I won't hang up on you, Pat. So don't no, think no, you get Lord a free forbid. ride. Lord forbid. Okay. Uh, I was uh, three things. Uh, I, I'm a little tired. I'm usually up a little later. All right. Well,
0: let's let, let's, I'll inject some life into it. Number one.
4: Thank you, sir. Number one. Uh, do you have any interest in the Dune franchise, the second part of Dune? Uh, I, I have to admit,
0: I try to watch Dune. Uh, I fell asleep during Dune, and I have not bothered to try and finish it. I, it's a tough not, watch. It was not my thing. was not my thing. And I know just in this watching this. you
4: have one. to have read the book. You really have to have read the book. It creates a whole new world. It's somewhat more sophisticated than... Uh, um, oh, what do you, think?
0: I, you think I won't watch something sophisticated? Is that no, what you're saying? No, would you stop, Chris? You're saying Don't I can't watch a sophisticated <laughs> movie? I, I need to be spoon-fed my <laughs> entertainment?
4: Is that what you're saying? <laughs> What are you saying, I'm funny like a clown? Funny? Yeah,
0: exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, no, Dune just wasn't my thing. But
4: Right, uh, well, it's it, fine because I, I read the book in high school. Exactly. Uh, the second one, I would uh, say, yeah, comedians turned actress Whoopi Goldberg.
0: Yeah, sure, Whoopi was, was great. I, did, I I don't know much of her stand-up. I know she did it. I don't know much of her stand-up other than maybe some comic relief uh, that she did with, with Billy and, and Robin. Um, I saw some of that, but I don't know her stand-up. But, yeah, I mean... She's terrific in so many. The Color Purple, obviously, mm. she's terrific in um, Ghost. Ghost, one of the great all-time movies. I love Ghost, man. Right. Oh, what I would do for just one drag! Right. <laughs> I love that. The, get, get off my train. That is such a good scene.
4: Yeah, That's and, a good... and of course the um, the famous uh, Color Purple. I mean, she, yep. Spielberg kind of discovered her that in that, in that mm-hmm. lane. The final point. Yes. here we go. Here we go, number three. Number three is actually a sports point, God forbid. I know. Uh, Peter what are you doing? You're
0: ruining my thing here. I know. We're I'm getting your vibe
4: there. Uh, I think of Pete Alonso, I think they're really trying to just be quiet. They're just trying to be quiet and not give any bait to, to have this pursued year long. It's clear that he's probably going to go into the season. I mean, how much fun was it to be angsting over Judge for you pre- when he got his contract? How, not, how much pain yeah. was it?
0: It wasn't fun, uh, yes. That, I mean, I don't know about how much pain he ended up, but he ended up coming back. I mean, that's that's the story. I mean, yeah, people want to say, oh, I don't want to deal with the pain of wondering. Here's the thing, all right? And we had a, a big comment uh, or dissertation on the idea of what kind of owner uh, Uncle Stevie Cohen is. Here's I do believe if he wants Pete Alonso, he will get Pete Alonzo. It's that simple. So I'm not that worried about it. Are you really worried about if if he hit free agency and he leaves, right? This is not Aaron Judge with the Yankees. I think it's different. I don't think he's going to get the same level of pursuit that Aaron Judge did. I mean, Judge had 62 home runs. He's the best hitter in baseball. Pete Alonso is a great home run hitter, but he's just not on the same level. And I don't think it will be the same level of pursuit and the same amount of teams and the same contract and all that. I think if Pete Alonso hits free agency – and he doesn't sign with the Mets, it's because the Mets didn't want him. And that means they wouldn't have given him an extension anyway. So like for me, it's just let him hit free agency and then pay him. And if they don't, it's because they don't want to pay him. I can't is imagine David- that being the case, but like, I don't think they're going to get beat out. It's not going to be Yamamoto. It's not going to be a situation where he, they get beat out. They're either going to pay him what he wants, or they don't want him.
4: Is David Sterns learning, or is David Sterns teaching, Steve Cohen, or is David Stern? Was he given a mandate as to salary, or I mean, what's David Stern to do? I, I
0: I don't think he was given a mandate at all. Uh, I think he could probably do whatever he wants. I think they I think they had a mutual understanding right. of what this year would kind of be like, but um, I you know they did offer a ton of money for Yamamoto, so I think I think if Sterns went into his office right now. And said, look, Montgomery's market is where it is right now, and I think we have an excellent opportunity to get him, and I think it's what's best for the franchise. I think Steve Cohen would be all about it. I think Stearns wants to get his I think Stern wants to get his feet wet. I think he wants to dip his toes in the Mets water. I think he wants to get an idea of where this franchise is, how this franchise operates, get a first hand look of all the guys inside the organization, get a first hand look of uh, the roster. I think he doesn't want to I think he wants to he's here for the long haul and I think he wants to just kind of get a feel for where things are and then make a push next year where they are going to have some more cuz there I mean is there a budget? Yeah, there's some sort of budget. So next year, you know, some numbers are coming off the books. They'll have Alonzo. You know, they'll be done paying for and Scherzer and it'll be more about just, okay, at this point now I start to build my team. So I think I think he likes the idea of you know, stepping in and not being full tilt year one. And I'm sure that Steve Cohen's okay with it considering the way last year went. And he believes and he's been sold on the idea that Stearns is as bright a young mind that there is in baseball and that he'll build this fra- this franchise from the ground up in a much better way and leave it more stable so that you can add, you know, stuff like Scherzer and Verlander, even even if it doesn't work, it doesn't cripple your team and put you in a position where all you have to do now is throw billions and billions and millions of dollars at it. So, uh, And thank you for the call, Pat. I don't think that anyone's dictating to anyone. I think they had a mutual meeting of the minds on how this season would go, and then how the future would go. Chris, going, it's, going it's, with it's, this no, team, if I could just, I just, get, just get, a get an idea of the team. And again, going, none of that's going going wrong. With I just this think they would be to one chance. or two moves shy of oh, making oh. sense of this season. They could have done everything I just said still taking a step back spending-wise for the most part, um, and still got at least a a, a competent bat and go get Montgomery, especially now. I wasn't clamoring for Montgomery until Texas was out. Once Texas kind of made it seem like they're out, and I guess there are some reports that they are still considering it, but once his market fell apart and once we've gotten to spring training now and nobody signed him, like for me, this is a perfect opportunity to pounce and get a good bargain for a very good pitcher. So I, I think there is a a ven, there is a, a a way to do both to help this team get as close to being a wild card team as possible cuz you never know as much and at the same time dipping your toes in the Mets water getting a feel for the franchise not getting rid of any uh draft picks or or um, not getting rid of any prospects and getting an idea for how things operate and a working relationship with your owner and feeling out the organization while also giving the team a chance to win. I really wish they were able to do both, but it feels like they're focused on one much more than the other, which I get, but it's just not that big a deal. It's not that he's got the money and especially Montgomery, he's going to be part of your team when you're looking to win, and it's one less role to fill. I've said this forever. I can't keep arguing the same point. Go get Montgomery. The Yankees aren't getting Snell, and the Mets should go get Montgomery. Those are the the baseball takes that are going to follow me until one or the other is – until we finally get final word on those two situations. And every day it's a new thing with Snell, especially. Every freaking day. Oh, now he's willing to do this. Oh, he would have be willing to do that. Like, every day there's a new story on why the Yankees should sign Blake Snell. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And as far as comedians, I do want to just say we left out a bunch. Fliegelman's getting on me for Adam Sandler. Uh, I don't think of Adam Sandler as a stand-up comedian, but he did do stand-up at the very beginning of his career. Uh I even remember him a little bit from MTV's Remote Control, but then obviously Saturday Night Live, uh, but definitely a tremendous actor. Jim Carrey did stand up uh, and then became, you know, mostly popular on um, In Living Color, but I think he's a tremendous actor. He's a, the uh, the Truman Show is, he's brilliant in the Truman Show. So those are two guys I, I, I wouldn't, Richard Pryor, for me, Made some decent movies, no doubt, but I think I think of Richard Pryor much more as a stand up comedian than an actor. Definitely. As we uh, mourn the loss of uh, Richard Lewis. And I'm, now i got to get um, me, and, me and the wife are watching Kirby Enthusiasm. So I'll be seeing a lot of Richard over the next few weeks. 877 337 6666. All right. We got four hours down, one more to go on our five hour midnight ride, taking you all the way to the warm up show. We've touched on a little bit of everything. The Jets just need to freaking win. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of all the slings and arrows. I'm tired of all the cheap shots. It's, and you can't fight back because you're the Jets. And McCall Hardman's a Super Bowl winner. It's annoying. I was annoyed when I read all the stuff today. I was annoyed.